Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Walk-In Transformation Podcast. My name is Richard Coles, your host, and happy spring to everyone. Throughout this podcast, I share different insights, principles, and strategies that have been helping me transform my life. I hope this information will help you in overcoming challenges, fears, self-doubt, and negative thinking in order to create a better quality of life for yourself and for your family. If you're just tuning in for the very first time, welcome, and you're going to love the real stories, interviews, and powerful talks we bring you to help you make it through your day with as little stress and drama as possible. Welcome back to all of our subscribers and supporters. We're very grateful and glad for your support. Let's jump right in to this week's episode. In this episode, I want to talk about hitting that snooze button. It just seems like the very best sleep comes when it's time for us to wake up in the morning. And we just want a few more minutes, just a few, maybe just five or ten minutes or however you have your time frame set. But it just seems like that's the best sleep, doesn't it? So it's 7 a.m. You know you need to get up, but before you know it, you have hit that snooze button not once, not twice, but three times. And man, that's some good sleep right there. The bed is just too cozy to get out of, and you still feel cheated out of that last little bit of sleep. Now, a lot of people say that it's totally normal to want to hit the snooze button, and I believe it's normal to want to hit it. Millions of people do around the world, and there's a reason for that. I'll get into that in a little while. Now, according to an international sleep study, one in three adults hit their snooze button at least three times every morning. Depending on the time frame that you have set on your snooze button, that could be anywhere from 15 minutes to more than an hour. More than half of the young adults in their 20s say they hit their snooze button every morning. Hitting the snooze button can become a problem. It could be very detrimental to your productivity because it interrupts the natural sleep stages that your brain cycles through to help you rest and recharge. It becomes a problem when it becomes a habit. You see, when something feels good, we tend to like it. And if we tend to like it, we do it over and over again. And when we do it over and over again, naturally, it becomes a habit. So to better understand the impact this snooze button has on our lives, in our lives, this habit could be robbing us of anywhere from 91 hours to more than 100 hours per year. That's a lot of time. So what I want to talk about here is how we get into the habit of hitting this snooze button when it comes to our dreams or even changing something about ourselves that we want to change. Now, we can apply this same formula to the time that is lost as we work on changing these things. But time increases tremendously because we're not just going to delay reading a book, changing our diet, prayer and meditation, exercising, or even making phone calls we need to make for just 15 minutes. No, sometimes it's going to be a whole day. Sometimes it's going to be a week. So let's just say that you decide you want to start reading every day and you've been doing that for about two weeks. But on this particular day, you just don't feel like doing it. You hit that snooze button. If you don't continue to get back up onto that habit, it's going to become a habit, hitting the snooze button that is. Only this time, it's not the snooze button on your clock or phone. It's your internal snooze button that will delay the outcome that you desire. Every habit begins with a decision, and every decision is brought to life through action. There was a time when I would hit my snooze button five, six, seven times every day. 
both when it came to getting a little bit more sleep and when it came to doing what was necessary to keep moving in the direction of what I wanted, an outcome that I really desired. The Bible addresses it this way in Proverbs chapter 24, verses 33 and 34. It says, a little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. There is another word that accurately uh, describes what hitting the snooze button is all about. That word is procrastination, or the act of delaying, postponing, or putting off something until a later time or date. It's really important that we start calling things as they really are again instead of putting these cute little fluffy labels on things in an attempt to lessen the sting. That doesn't serve us at all. If someone you knew told you that they had a brand new car or a briefcase full of money that they wanted to give you as a gift, most of us would not hesitate to get over there as quickly as we could to receive that gift. But why is it that so many people would put off getting the gift of experiencing a desired lifestyle change, particular goal, or outcome? It isn't that the desired outcome is not important. It's just that it's not important enough. What do I mean by not important enough? If you have a really bad toothache, you are not going to put off going to the dentist unless there is not a dentist available at that time. You might even try to pull that tooth yourself, but the point is that you feel the pain and it's not going away. It's not getting any less painful. Nothing is more important at that time than stopping that pain. What happens with so many of us is that the pain of not realizing that lifestyle change, goal, or outcome that we desire is less painful than the action required to get there. So we can put off things we should be doing or in some cases keep doing things that we said we would not do anymore. As time passes on, it gets easier to do and we don't do it. We don't feel the pain anymore. Before you know it, a year has gone by two years, five years, and that burning desire that you once had is only a fleeting thought. You no longer invest your time imagining how good it will feel to achieve that outcome. You even stop visualizing yourself in the lifestyle you desired. Psychologists have identified various drivers of procrastination, from low self-confidence to anxiety, a lack of structure, and an inability to motivate oneself to complete unpleasant tasks. Now, lack of structure and unpleasant tasks are the two key phrases here. Lack of structure means that I don't have a clear roadmap. It means that I don't have a clear set of actionable steps that I can follow to get to where I want to go. Denzel Washington once said that we must not confuse activity with progress. And one of the things that really trips a lot of us up is working like crazy, but not having a clear defined roadmap or a set of actionable steps to follow. So we just kind of grind it out trying to figure it out as we go. Dude, that gets old and it gets frustrating because we start losing the ability to see past the pain of pushing forward to the end result that we're looking for. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people that can and have figured it out as they were moving along. These are the people that have surveyed the land and have created the map for us to follow. These are the ones who have created a system of actionable steps for us to follow. They are the ones who have walked through the minefield and can show us how to do the same. 
If you're dealing with anger issues, feeling like a chronic failure, or even just stuck in a place that you don't want to be, wherever that is, chances are really good if you follow the same steps and start thinking the same way as the people who have overcome those issues, that you're going to get pretty much the same results. You're going to move past the issues that you're facing. The unpleasant tasks. Unpleasant tasks. I don't think I've ever met anyone who said at the beginning of their day, man, I'm going to get right to it and do as many unpleasant tasks today that I can, and I'm really going to be excited about that. That's just not the way that we've been conditioned to think. Maybe it is for a few people, but for most people, nah. What's real is that the things that we're going to have to do in order to change will be unpleasant because it requires getting out of our comfort zone. It requires new thought and action habits. So the worst thing that we can do is focus on how hard or unpleasant that thing is going to be because our minds are wired to protect us, to prevent us from feeling pains. Our minds will come up with all kinds of reasons and excuses to keep us in the place of comfort or convenience just to avoid pain. The first time I stopped doing cocaine, I didn't want to take that next step to stay sober, so I hit my internal snooze button and I kept getting high. Dealing with my demons and ghosts was just too painful. It just seemed like it was too painful. Eventually, I did take the next step, but I wasted so many years and I cannot get that time back. Not only that, I beat up on myself really good for a long time because I knew, I knew that I had let myself down. I knew that it was nobody else's fault but mine. Again, the pain of regret stepped in. Now, it's important to say right here that we all fall somewhere along the way. We all have a place where we just stop and park for a moment. I parked for a really long time, but I knew that I couldn't stay parked forever, and neither can you. This isn't about drugs. It's about any habit or behavior that does not serve you anymore. I knew that I needed to double down on my affirmations, my visualization exercises, and that I had to reconnect with like-minded people. The cold hard truth is that after I reconnected with those like-minded people, I felt pretty bad after talking to them. And I had made myself accountable to them so I didn't have any other choice but to just come clean. I felt pretty bad. These were people that experienced the same doubts, insecurities, fears, and pain that I was feeling, but they never stopped moving forward. Now, some people are going to say, don't be so hard on yourself and that it's going to be okay and you're only human, but I knew that it wasn't going to be okay, not unless I started moving forward again toward I really, what I really wanted, and that was my self-respect, no matter what. I needed that feeling you know, I needed feeling bad about that situation, about me stopping, so that I could remember how a quitter felt the next time I felt like giving up. The Bible says it this way in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forth unto those things which are before me, I press forward toward the mark and toward the prize. Go, get your prize, run your race, make that change, but don't stop along the way. And if you stop, don't stay stopped. The vision that I have for my life is what got me back on track, and so will yours. You see, having a vision for your life will give birth to a plan. 
Having a plan for your life will give birth to activity, and activity will give birth to hope, confidence, and a new you. But you have to disable that snooze button. Now we're going to take a quick break here just so that I can acknowledge our sponsors and supporters. We're so very grateful for you because without you, we would not be able to do what we're doing. I also want to invite you to subscribe to this podcast and even become a supporter so we can continue to share content like this to help make the world a better place. Well, welcome back, everyone. The beginning of change is dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction does not mean that you are ungrateful. I was listening to somebody in a talk that they were doing, and they were talking about inspirational dissatisfaction. And and I was wondering, inspirational dissatisfaction, what's that all about? Well, when I was really dissatisfied with feeling like I wasn't good enough or that I wasn't just, you know, I wasn't cutting it, I got inspired to get better. I got inspired to move past that. Dissatisfaction only means I knew that there was more to my life. Just like dissatisfaction to you should tell you that you know that there's more to your life. But in order to get to your more, in order to get to our more, we have to take serious inventory of ourselves. And it's gonna be painful because we have to take off the rose-colored glasses that today's world teaches us to look at ourselves through. Now for me, it has been and still is very painful for me to do. But the only way to get to where I want to go is to start right from where I am. And it's the same with all of us. The only way that we can get to where we want to go is to start from right where we are. Not where we wish we were, not where somebody says we are, but from right where we are. Please remember this if you don't remember anything else. This is not the time to be nice to yourself because transformation does not start as a result of being nice to ourselves or giving ourselves a pat on the back when we do something wrong or we do something that we don't want to do anymore. It starts as a result of being real with ourselves. My reality is that I'm not some rich, famous guy or some internet guru, for that matter, who has overcome all of these life issues, and I'm telling you that this is the way that it's going to work for you. No, I'm still on my path. I'm still on my journey. And what I am doing is I'm sharing with you some of the insights, principles, and strategies that are absolutely working for me in my life. But I can tell you this, I'm real and I'm honest with myself about myself. No smoky mirrors here. You see, I have mentors that don't even know they are my mentors. We have never met or we have never even spoke over the phone. But I listen to their podcasts, I watch their videos, and I even went to some of their seminars before COVID had, you know, slowed everything down. And I study these people. I'm applying the information in my life, and my life's improving in every area. Life, again, is super exciting for me because every day, I find out something new about myself. Sometimes it's great, sometimes it sucks. But either way, I'm discovering the root of my self-doubt, my fears, my loneliness, my anger, and my need to be accepted by and please others. I'm learning that I do not need permission to be my authentic self, and that's what I want for you to experience also. We don't need to get permission to be our authentic selves. We've had so many people pile so many stuff, so many beliefs on top of us, beliefs about ourselves, beliefs about the way that they think the world is, you know? And here's the truth. There are two different truths. There's 
a truth, which is somebody's opinion, and then there is the truth, which is never changing. And I'm learning that I need to only deal with the truth, not a truth, because a truth changes. The truth never changes. Now, I know a couple that they appear to be just doing so well together. Whenever I see them or whenever they're out in public, they seem very happy. I mean, they're very affectionate and attentive toward each other, and everyone can see how much they care about each other. The woman, she's a very good friend of mine, and, and her and I were talking one day because she just looked so sad. She was telling me that her husband is a totally different person than he is in public. He's distant. He's not very affectionate, and he pay, he's been paying less and less attention to her when they're at home. Now, this really bothered her for a while, and only after some serious convincing, he decided to go to a marriage counselor with her because she didn't want to lose her husband, and he really didn't want to lose her. They found out that his mother never really approved of him marrying her because she always made all of his decisions for him as a child, and she didn't make the decision for him to marry her. It was really important for him to prove to his mother, his friends, co-workers, and associates that he can still make good choices, that he can make good choices. Fortunately for him, the best choice that he ever made in his life was to go to counseling and get to the root of what was destroying his marriage. After coming face to face with that part of himself, he made the decision that he was no longer going to live a life that someone else had chose for him to live. Now, they're working through their issues, and they're getting to know each other on a, on a much deeper level. They can once again say that they have a happy home because he discovered that he does not need anyone's permission to be happy except his own, and that he does not have to prove anything to anyone by presenting himself as someone he is not. People believe that sometimes they know what's best for us, and they care for us. They really, really do. But the suit that they're wearing does not always fit us the same way. We never have to live our lives trying to meet someone else's standards. Stop thinking of yourself as someone who has to prove him or herself to everyone else by presenting yourself as someone other than who you really are. It's totally okay to just be who you are. As a famous musician once said, you got to dig the skin you're in. There is not a limited supply of confidence, happiness, or success. And uh, Jay Shetty, who is once, he was once a monk, and he's got an amazing book out, Think Like a Monk. I got that from him. I got that from him. And that really, really works because there is no limitation when it comes to success, when it comes to happiness, when it comes to confidence, when it comes to having a positive self-image, those things are not limited. The thing is, we have to get after them because they are there for all of us. We got to get after them. You have to be your most faithful and dependable cheerleader. We have to be our most faithful and dependable cheerleaders. No one can tear you down unless you accept what they are saying about you as true. And if you accept what someone else says about you as true, then you value their opinion more than you value your own opinion. It's time to start finding out why you do that. Listen, you are the most important person in your universe, and it's up to you to take care of, develop, and love yourself. 
The way to get clear about what you want is to be clear about what you don't want. Don't let distractions, good or bad, take you off course because that's what they're designed to do. You deserve to live a life that's fulfilling, but you got to create that life for yourself. You deserve a life where you feel loved and respected by others, but only you can make that your reality. You have everything that you need. We have everything that we need right inside of us to create a better life for ourselves and our families. That's what I'm working on, and I hope this information will give you some of the tools that you need to do the same. An amazing book I'm reading right now is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Man, I'm telling you. Listen, he's been called the world's toughest man, and I can understand that seriously by reading some of the things that he's gone by and watching some of the interviews, you know, him talk about some of the stuff in his interviews that he's talked about. But I can tell you, he is the most caring and compassionate man on earth, in my opinion, because he's helping me get to the root of all the issues that I have buried under all these life situations. He's helping me get to the root of why I have created some of these fictional characters and some of these identities that I've needed to create to get me through in certain situations. Man, I strongly suggest you get this book. It's helping me uncover things in the past that are affecting my life today. He explains that we need to confront ourselves. We need to confront who we really are. And I got to tell you, I trust that with all of my heart. I'm going to also tell you that I'm intimidated by this book, but I'm only intimidated because it's making me dig under all of that dirt that I've piled on top of who I really, really am. And there's an amazing you under all of that stuff called life that you have piled on top of yourself. So I invite you to come with me on this journey, you know, to walk with me in transformation because there's a much, much better life and a much, much better you, just like there's a much, much better me on the other side of the pain of confronting who I am. So that being said, I'm Richard Coles of RHCG Motivation, and it has been such a blessing to spend some more time with you. Listen, I believe in you. I behold the Christ in you, and I speak health, prosperity, and purpose into your life right here, right now. I truly hope this episode will add a little more value to your life, and please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and even share it with your friends because you never know who might need a little encouragement or just to know somebody really cares. Remember that you do matter and that you have always mattered, that you are good enough and that you have always been good enough. I'm going to be talking with you again next week, so make sure that you have a fantastic week on purpose. And remember, as I always say, stay groovy.